Welcome to another live edition of the Intel Strike Report. Your hosts, Doug Owen and Michael Vale, will be giving you the intelligent news, information, and analysis you need to arm yourself with. Now, here are your hosts, Doug Owen and Michael Vale. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another live edition of the Intel Strike Report. And uh, we have a definite treat for you today. It is March 26, 2009 in the uh, Barack Hussein Obama administration. And uh, with, on us, with us uh, now is a very, very special guest and good friend of ours. And that is Alan Watt from CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. Alan, how's it going, my man? Uh, it's... It's fast and furious now as we watch the world turn here. Oh, oh, there's there's no doubt about it. I mean, it just seems to me that uh, you know all things that uh, you and other people like yourself have been talking about, you know, for years now is just uh, out there and open in your face, and they're not even trying to lie about it anymore. They're not, and the signs were there for many years. The, what was coming along had to happen. Nine Eleven came on cue, the the beginning for the 21st century of change. And, of course, um, the public don't realize that the, the change was planned a long, long time ago, uh, even, even before the League of Nations was set up, uh, a, a controlled society worldwide uh, to do with free trade and a depopulation agenda on the go at the same time. We're watching everything getting rammed through, including uh, abortion ads going to come out on television in Britain to, to force them to bring down their population, you know. Oh, matter of fact, I saw an article about how now they're pushing the Plan B pills on everyone, and uh, you know, sort of, you know, harkens back to I keep talking about the World Bank saying that eugenics was a great thing until the Nazis uh, just sort of ran the ground and made them look bad. That's right. That's right. Now, of course, they've changed all their names, uh, even their designation from eugenicists to to bioethics counselors and so on. It's the same group uh, funded by the same foundations uh, that are owned and run by the big bankers. And what we're so sick of seeing, and, and I hope all the demonstrators that are put upcoming riots, I call them riots because it will be, um, I hope they realize that you can't negotiate with the same shark who always gives you a new deal, one after the other. And we've had new deals and new deals always coming from the same bunch and they want you to demonstrate and have riots so they can come out with the next new deal which will go right along with the agenda of sustainability, the greening of the planet, etc., etc., and will be complete slaves then working in their new system with the same sharks on top. Yeah, it's, it's, that's what they want. They want yeah. you to riot. You know, they're trotting out people like uh, Sean Hannity, Glenn Beck, Chuck Norris, all these guys to play sort of like a Pied Piper. We've been talking about this to sort of drag you, you know, back onto the grid and for you to expose yourselves. And as soon as you go out and riot, oh, well, you know, oh, it's, you know, the economic situation is not under control and, and the UN now is calling for a new global green new deal and, and they'll roll it all out for you. That's right. They always get the public to become war-weary through either real wars or internal wars, which are called rising. And then, then we, the public, demand the same sharks give us uh, what we want, we think we want. Well, now you have all the students who've been brainwashed for 15 years or so of intense indoctrination. And in psychology, it's called a contamination of theory. That's what this, the communists called it. And you cannot re, uh, readjust those that generation. They, they, they put, 
they've got the new system that they want, this vague idea mixed up with sustainability and greening because of their indoctrination. So they'll demand exactly what the elite want to bring in. <laughs> oh, absolutely. We're going to talk about sustainability here on the on the other side. You listen to the Intel Historic Report with our special guest, Alan Watt from CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. We'll talk about sustainability, Tavistock Institute, and your calls as well, 1-866-841-1065. See you on the other side. You're listening to the Intel Strike Report. to the Intel Strike Report on the Oracle Broadcasting Network with our special guest, and we like to bring him on every couple of months or so because uh, everything is moving, I guess, backwards uh, very, very quickly, and uh, I guess they're trying to roll out this new, I guess you could say, technocratic dark age for us, and uh, we have to bring on uh, Alan, and he'll cut through the matrix for us and expose it all, and uh, before the break, we were talking about sustainability and, uh, you know, sustainable development, these buzzwords like capacity building, bridging the development gap, and really what they stand for, Alex and, and uh, um, Alan. I mean, and the thing about it is that I've seen these people use these words interchangeably when it comes to population, as if uh, sustainability and sustainable growth creates some sort of uh, situation where they can crack down on what we how much we use and what energy you know energy sources we use and down to the point of how we live and uh, they use a, a a ratio called the family dependency ratio which sort of uh, cuts the wheat from the chaff and says are you a consumer or are you a producer and uh, which is sort of interesting if you're only a consumer not a producer then you can't live on the earth Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I have old books I've found from countries, from the governments of, of Canada and other uh, Commonwealth countries from the 19, uh, before 1920, in fact, one of them. And, and it's a, a huge thing. It's thicker than m- most uh, old Bibles to do with all the stuff that was bought and sold within countries right down for all taxation purposes, hammers, nails, everything, you name it. Uh, bushels of, of wheat and all the rest of it. Uh, the incredible bookkeeping that was kept. And we can understand every country is a corporation and we exist, according to the elite, we exist to serve their economy. When there's no more economy, is it going to a global system and China as a manufacturer? We are no longer really necessary. That's the key to it. We're the stock. We're the animals in the farm. And when there's too many animals and they can't get buyers for them, there's no purpose for them, they've got to do a cull. And so they must convince the herd, the human being, with only ones that need convincing, to go along with their own culling. And that's what they're up to right now. They're indoctrinating the youth to accept there's too many people. Why don't you get sterilized? Don't bother having children. And uh, what kind of life will they have anyway? And, and by the way, you won't have the, the resources you're going to have that you have now in the future. So it's going to be hell for them. Uh, and so they must convince us to go along with their agenda always. 
It's done through incredible scientific indoctrination and psychology, and unfortunately, it, it tends to work with most people. It does, it does, and you mentioned the youth, and I don't know how many different globalist organizations that get their money from, you know, the Rockefeller Foundation and others like Global Kids. You know, I've chronicled this one, uh, you know, heavily. There's the Global Kids group, there's Zenith, that's sort of like Global Kids with a little greeny weeny taste to it, and then there's the whole Obama deal about getting them while they're young, and you know, uh, bringing up the next generation of uh, of the green shirt, green shorts, uh, green shirt stormtroopers, mm-hmm. and they're going to they're going to use taxpayers' money again, as always. Why not? Uh, we're so willing to help them out uh, to indoctrinate with ideology. It's an ideology of indoctrination in the schools to do with this whole Obama army, and that's game over when that happens because those children will be unable to converse with the older generations in any fashion whatsoever. And that's intentional because they are going to be the, the green Nazis, yeah. Well, um, another thing about the kids now is that all of these people now are, are sort of reminding me of, of, you know, every now and then when I read Brave New World over and over again on where they talk about the viviparous mother. Oh, we can't have the viviparous mothers and every child must be born, you know, through some sort of petri dish or test tube. And now they're talking about, you know, making the whole idea of these designer babies mainstream and that, you know, the state will own these children, you know, from cradle to grave. Yes, they will, and that's already on the books because they've got the patent laws to do with genes, and all they have to do is alter a gene, call it a new name, and legally you belong to them. And uh, that is what they're, they're aiming at. There's no doubt about it. They want a new superior type of servant to serve uh, the next generations of the elite, but they don't need as many of us to do it. But again, they must get our cooperation to go along. Uh, they'll sell people on the idea that your child will be six feet tall, he's got the ability to be a doctor, etc., etc., etc. And they hope that women will eventually fall for it. And the movie Gattaca went through that, that oh, yes. society, where they're showing a, cl- a new type of class distinction, those who are genetically enhanced and the old type that were born the old-fashioned way. Yeah, you know, those who can get jobs and those who can't get jobs and you can't get insured, you have bad genes and, you know, your family, your family is prone to this or prone to that. And, and, and that's just really the beginning. And then I saw an article about two days ago saying that any children born uh, through, you know, in vitro fertilization has a 30% risk of defects. So yes. they're raising up, you know, just how some of the elite, the sort of Eurasian aristocracy now, you know, are, are all like intermarrying, interrelated and have defects. They're going to raise up a new generation of these people, you know, without going through the, uh, the, I guess, the sort of ordinary means of that. They want to bypass it altogether. And we don't realize that the eugenic society was on the go from the time of Charles Darwin onwards uh, worldwide. And there's different names and so on, but in America, they had the American Eugenics Society, funded by Carnegie and Rockefeller Foundation. And they said in their early writings that they, they likened the general population to cattle rearing. And they based it on breeding special cattle, was the same as breeding human beings. They, they introduced the census in the United States and kept track of it on behalf of the government to, to see if you had poverty genes, they went to your family history to see how many people could work, didn't work, were mentally ill, uh, were, had possibly criminal intentions, etc. And they've been tracking you right down for the last hundred years along your genetic lines by the census and by the data collected by governments on behalf of the eugenic society. 
and they set up Cold Springs Harbor uh, as that kind of experiment in eugenics, and they said at the time uh, that they had to get the compliance of the public through long-term indoctrination so that the public would allow themselves to be altered and controlled by those who had the rights to control them. Yeah, and then that, that's the new thing. I mean, this goes back to the Fabian socialists like uh, Bernard Shaw writing, you know, the play Man and Man to Superman, you know, Man is Superman, and, and others in the whole thing, and H.G. Wells. I mean, this is, this was their creation even back then. And today, you know, they're bearing the fruit of that. Yes, that's a fact. Uh, once again, all these societies really came out of one society, the capstone at the top, and that was, um, at least it, it was given the name of the Rhodes Foundation, Cecil Rhodes, which became uh, amalgamated with the Milner Group Society, a battle of royalty, and became the Royal Institute for International Affairs, or the CFR in other countries. Uh, so they run all these other groups and names beneath them, these associations beneath them, and they're all funded by the, the big moneylenders of the world, the big certain banking families. Absolutely, and we're going to continue this conversation on the other side, and we're going to be talking about uh, augmented reality, more bread and circuses for you, those who survived the technocratic dark age. You listen to the Intel Strike Report with our special guest, Alan Watt, cutting through the matrix.com. You have to go there, a plethora of information, and we're back on the other side. The Intel Strike Report, Monday through Friday, 5 to 7 Central. It is where the rubber meets the road. Exclusively on Oracle Broadcasting. Traveling the path of the soul, so gifted, still unable to break the mold I lifted. The veil and still could not see, insisted my existence began with me. Seems that I lost much, lost touch of reality, it cost much. Tonight we are cutting through the matrix with Alan Watt and talking about all of this is going on right now and really sort of, uh, you know, the, the culmination of everything that is being created and the whole system that's being erected around us and... The whole thing about it is that, of course, if you live through living in a Rose Motel, being sprayed like bugs with all sorts of things, with pharmaceutical products in the water, if you live through that and they can't get rid of you, then, of course, they're going to provide you some breads and circuses. Well, our economic situation is untenable at, at least. So there's going to be a little less bread, but there's going to be a whole lot of circuses. So that's really what I, just, I want to jump into now. And, Alan, I've seen lately there's been a lot of talk of virtual reality programs, augmented reality programs, uh, three-dimensional television uh, algorithms that go from 2D to 3D, and they're really trying to get Americans and, and people ab abroad around the world ingrained on this technology where they get to the point where they can't live without it, and that's all they want. You know, It's like people getting stuck in World of Warcraft or EverQuest. Yes, again, it's a form of control. Um, much of the technology that's out there now to do with virtual reality uh, and what's coming, believe you me, they're so far ahead of whatever they publish, but they do publish certain things 
which tells us really they're much further ahead than what they're telling us, uh, such as uh, you find Microsoft telling the public that they're working on a device that can literally send signals into different parts of the brain and also sense the parts of the brain that's working when you're watching their particular video. And therefore, they can, they can then stimulate those same parts of the brain and make you think you're in the, the virtual reality. And at the same, in the, the same uh, blog I was reading from the same corporation, they tell you uh, that uh, they might not need the helmet. They've got one group working on the helmet that you put on, a very cumbersome thing, but they've also got uh, a screen. They can actually build it around the screen, like an antenna, and then you sit five or six feet away, and this will, will still massage your brain, pick up which parts of the brain is working, and send signals back to it. So they're working on both at the same time, which tells me they've done it long ago. <laughs> so it's oh, yes. a matter of conditioning the public to allow themselves to, to go into a la-la world, a non-reality. And here's the thing, too. It's, it's well known with drugs, for instance, drugs that are killing millions of, uh, over the years. Um, the worst conditions that you live in when you're in poverty, despair, and apathy, the more drugs you'll take to escape reality. We're going into a future where they're going to make things so bad that they're going to create a scarcity of water when one corporation owns the water supply of the world. They're going to create like a, a food crisis. And believe you me, you'll have all your little cheap electronic gadgets that will put you in a never-never land, uh, and you'll be quite happy in that never-land as your body wastes away. That's what's coming. Oh, you know, you mentioned something very, very interesting. I mean, you know, right now you've got Microsoft and Google working on technology to wirelessly, you know, access, you know, the neurons inside your brain, download all of your memories, and, you know, of course you can go through, you know, the first time you had your first kiss, or you can check out your, like, most embarrassing moments. And, you know, all of this is, it is a circus. All of this is a circus. I mean, you know, you got UFC for the gladiators style, you know what I mean, you got technology for the other people, the geeks to sort of get into, and they've got something for everybody as they create these sort of boxes that they place people in and say, oh, you you are this type of person, we've got something for you, and uh, you know, and that's that's just the way it is, and they're, they're being creating that to the point where, you know, they say that the internet will soon be an organism that we will all become a part of, and they'll be... Uh, one of the guys said there'll be an Alexandria Library 2.0 where all the information from all of our brains combined will be the Internet. And well, see, the thing is, uh, a few billion zeros add up to zero. We must remember that, too. So most people are not really even conscious in their own lifetime. They don't know what's going on in the real reality. They have no idea. So you can imagine uh, having the thoughts of all the unconscious people who live in soap operas and sports inside your head. What a thrill. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it's just... The, the, the way what you have to remember is, you see, Skinner, who did behavioral modification uh, techniques and so on, including on his own daughter, he put her in a cage. Uh, just, uh, this is a good psychopath that they tend to use his techniques on us. Uh, Skinner said to alter human behavior, you must alter something in their environment. Well, they did that with TV. They did it with radio before TV, and virtual reality is now coming in. Now, TV and radio were used from the beginning for controlling and altering behavior of the general public, authorized from those who control society and own society. Therefore, they're part of the military-industrial complex. We don't realize that. 
That's like General Electric. They don't just make irons and so on. They also make incredible Gatling guns for helicopters. They can do a thousand rounds per minute and so on. Um, that's what's part of now Microsoft because it was put up from nowhere it, it broke all the rules it stole patents from all the other corporations and no, no judge in the country or the world would touch them that tells you it was top CIA clearance all the way for Mr. Gates he was the front man it's part of the military industrial complex because technology as I said at the end of World War II will control the future and control the peoples of the future it's therefore it's perpetual war upon the public Anything which comes in to your mind that you haven't authorized and you're not in charge of is controlling you. And therefore, it's, it's planned, debated, and put out to you by those who believe they own society. Absolutely. I mean, the thing about this is there's so many different uh, technological applications that they're using now that's being created by Microsoft, IBM, and the rest. Uh, you know, IBM, of course, who is, you know, infamous for the Hollerith machine, is now creating a new type of that machine like that where they decide whether a worker is really producing to the optimum output. Mm -hmm. And so you, you know, you work in your job and you end up being a slave to some machine and telling you you're not working hard enough. So, you know, that at every angle, they seem to be trying to put a strangle on how we live and how we work. Well, well they do because, again, they, they see us at the top. And I'm not kidding. They, they really discuss us as, as you discuss, uh, a, a farmers would discuss their animals. And the whole thing about farming or any corporation is about, um, uh, producing, producing efficiently. Everything must be very efficient. Anything that's not efficient is, is simply cut off. And uh, th that's what they want to do with humanity, make more, more efficient worker bees for them. But they've also said in their own writings that when they get into modification of the human mind, what they will do is eradicate that part of the mind, or the you, the brain, that makes you an individual you. And that came out at first to the general public, although they censored it rather quickly, in a 600-page report from, um, I, I think it was, um, it was a university in, oh, uh, it was a deep south there. Anyway, they, they did a, a report. It was a world science meeting, anyway, on, with geneticists and the bio uh, technicians there as well of all kinds and categories. Uh, Newt Gingrich headed it off. Uh, and they said that uh, they have the ability now, now they have the ability, and they've had it for a few years, to put a brain chip in the public uh, and control the populations. The only problem they had, that was at the Loyola University meeting, that's where it was. And they said, the only problem is to convince the public to accept it. This will be done by gradualism, by using novels, writing it into novels and sci-fi books, making it exciting to children so they'll want it. It will appear in movies, and it will eventually be taught in schools of the necessity. So we're on the road to have meetings every year now since 2001 on this very agenda, and now we're convincing the public is a good thing. Absolutely, and I want to continue that thought uh, because there's some very stunning revelations on that. And Doug Owen's going to be with us on the other side. We've got Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the matrix here on Oracle Broadcasting Network. You're listening to the Intel Strike Report. I will see you on the other side.
get ready for the Soma. And uh, they always have a box for you that fits very, very nicely. And, of course, we are cutting through the Matrix with Alan Watt. And you can go to his site, cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Doug Owen is with us in studio. And uh, we're discussing it all. But on the subject of all of these uh, little breads and circuses, you know, it goes back to the days of, uh, you know, Jose Delgado, of course, who went to Congress and said that he could fit every American with a brain chip and that, you know, he could turn them all, turn us off, turn them back off, and turn us on, turn it off. And it wouldn't be a big deal. And, of course, they looked at him like he was insane. I wonder if someone came to Congress today with the same idea I wonder how they would feel about that. Because, you know, right now, uh, Alan, using nanotechnology, you know, uh, RF systems where you can wirelessly give people medication that's already been patented, you know, all of this is so easy to do. And if any, any emergency happened around the country right now, it would be very, very easy to calm down Americans or dumb them down or dumb down Canadians or wherever you may live because the technology is out there. It's it's open patent that you can go and read this information. It's more than just uh, out there waiting or ready. Uh, it's it, it's being used. Uh, they've been using the heart frequencies for years on the public. Uh, ham radio guys can pick it up. I can pick it up on my shortwave radio every day now. For the last, well, since 2001, it started every day for 24 hours. Hasn't gone off. And it changes frequency two or three times a day. And um, that's right in the, the, the warfare treaty, the, the weather warfare treaty of the United Nations uh, signed in the 70s that they can put a secondary signal on the harp signal which can alter human behavior, make you passive, aggressive, or even suicidal and depressed. So uh, they're using this stuff right now, and that's admitted to as well. If you go back into the books um, by Brzezinski, for instance, between two ages, now he was the head of the NSA for years. He's never really left it, in fact, if you read some of the later documentation, in fact, recent documentation. And he's a man writing a book about the technotronic era, one of his chapters, he talks about a technology, he talks about electronics for warfare purposes to be used on the general public uh, on a continent-wide or worldwide basis and keep them uh, calm and pacified during times of emergency and so on. And he said the public were completely ignorant of it being used upon them. Well, they see they're actually doing it already, uh, coupled with the heavy spraying in the skies. Uh, This is phenomenal. Uh, Ten years now, solid, of spraying worldwide and no one's come forward to say which air force is this, where's the money coming from, it's never gone through any Congress and we do know that, that it's admitted to tacitly by the Canadian government because a politician from Sudbury, Ontario uh, demanded from the Department of Defence in Parliament building openly uh, to discuss this and he said we don't have to discuss this, this under uh, uh, the national security laws but it is being done you see yeah, I mean, like, uh, like, uh, basically, when you have a situation where, you know, we are electromagnetic beings. I mean, yes. they can tune into our frequencies like turning a dial. I mean, that technology's been around for 30 years. They can make us happy, sad, or indifferent. I mean, when you go to some area, some rural area, where the electromagnetic junk is not all around you, it is almost like a weight drops off your shoulders because... Well, well you know, there's a professor, uh, Persinger who's uh, a neuroscientist and he's at Laurentian University in Canada, Ontario <coughs> or Canada I should say 
he, he himself um, is high up there. And now all these characters who are dealing with the brain itself and modification of the brain using drugs and electronics um, are in the employ. They're definitely in the employ of, the, of your country's uh, secret services. There's no doubt. And uh, he's been at this for years. But they, they, he used, and he's got a video up on Google where he uses the Corbin or, uh, helmets which stimulates parts of your brain and gives you the same experiences as LSD would do. And I've known this for about uh, 30 years. At least that helmet's been available to the students for 30 years, I'd say. So they were practicing with things, this kind of technology long before that. Now, to, it's the same technology. It's a very low-frequency ELF wave. You don't need high-frequency or very powerful. You just need it constant and very low. That's how the brain operates in small uh, electronic impulses. And the harp is ideal for that by giving out the, the ELF-type signals on a continent-wide scale. So from, from the localized helmet to, um, to the towers across the planet or else using uh, the, the main uh, harp uh, centers. Now, there's over 50 of them worldwide, 54, I think, uh, worldwide. There's one in Iceland, uh, one in Greenland and, and other countries as well, one in Australia, Pine Gap, owned by the U.S. military. And uh, uh, these things are going 24 hours a day. And their purpose really is to, not apart from weather uh, control, I'm sure as many um, spring-offs and mind control or pacification is another one of its uses. So do you think that uh, Alan, uh, Aldous Huxley's uh, uh, ultimate revolution, the pharmacology revolution, is already here? Yeah, it's already here. They're using In fact, see, the general public really don't realize this. And this is the key to those who think they're waking up. A long time ago, a group of people, very wealthy people, who owned the establishment of their day, decided to make war on the populace of the entire planet. And they have been at all-out war for a long, long time. Since the 1950s, it stepped up with direct uh, inoculations uh, for youngsters or even two-year-old children. Now it's even younger. They discussed techniques of getting chemicals to attack the brain biowarfare. There are books printed on this subject by uh, Kostler, Arthur Kostler, who's now admitted declassified information. Uh, and I've got the books that are now printed on it. He worked for MI5 and MI6 as an author, but he also worked uh, at the universities with the United Nations on ways to lobotomize the human brain for world peace. And he said in his own book, The Ghost and Machine, this must be done to bring in world peace. But he said, he said basically, this will destroy the individual's ability for self-preservation. But the, but the masses won't need it since the state will be controlling their lives or making all the decisions for them. This was a war, a war, full-scale war with drugs that you can take uh, orally, inject into you, are going to get inoculations. We're all trained to believe those inoculations are there to help us. The rates of leukemia, cancers, arthritis, and autoimmune diseases skyrocketed from 1950 to the present time. Autism used to be one in about 160,000, now it's about one in five. And we're supposed to think this is all quite natural. What's changed in 50 years? And the mandatory inoculation was one of them. Remember, these, these um, facilities who make the inoculations are, the, are the, the big pharma companies. The same big pharma companies under, that went under the umbrella of IG Farben that, that set up the Nazi war machine, like Baxter Laboratories has been in the papers recently for sending out live flu vaccine. They even flew one by mistake, supposedly. 
These are the same pharmaceutical companies who are in bed with the politicians to have us all inoculated for all kinds of things. It's all based on faith. The doctor who gives you the injection reads the vial, same with the nurse, and they believe that's what's in that thing. But look at the diseases we have today. We have juvenile arthritis skyrocketing. That's an autoimmune disease where your immune system attacks your own body, your joints. You've got people getting asthma in their 40s and 50s. That was unheard of before. Uh, allergies in the last two years have been up 47% alone. And I'm sure it's because of the spraying too. So you're, you're being inoculated to death. And you're, you're, you're breathing in all of the spray that's falling down from the skies daily. There's mush in the air. They've altered your food. They brought in bioweapon specialists and geneticists to deal, to make your food for you. That makes me feel really good about the food I'm eating. Why would they do that? Why would they take 500 to 1,000 genes from different species of things to put in your carrots? You cannot trust these people at all because they have an agenda. They can't tell the children of the world they're killing them off. You don't tell the children bad news. You humor them. You give them excuses when the children notice things like, why are my friends dying? And that's how they treat the general populace of the world. We are under full-scale war, and their agenda is out in the open. Very much so. It, it, it's just it's it's sad and, and depraved the way these people are reacting. But you're right. You know they 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 think they they're sitting on high and that they're better than the rest of us and that they've evolved and we haven't and uh, and that you know they have to make the earth a paradise for themselves instead of us and for those of us who are left who will be left to our own devices and uh, dumbed down, mind controlled, and given the circuses to keep us occupied. Absolutely, absolutely. There is total war. Total war was declared on us. And until we get over the hurdle of, of the unthinkable, and accept the unthinkable has been done to us, we have lost the battle. Damn straight. You're listening to the Intel Strike Report with Alan Watt, cutting through the matrix. We talk about much, much more on the other side. Stay with us. Listening to the Intel Strike Report right here on the one and only Oracle Broadcasting. Today we are joined with Mr. Alan Watt, and it's always great to have Alan on, especially considering the times. We are really, really seeing the new world order, these controllers having to respond quite quickly to the internet. That's why we had Senator Jay Rockefeller coming out and saying the internet was one of the worst things that could have happened. It was supposed to be under DARPA control and unfortunately uh, the technology was released and people like Michael Vell, myself and of course Mr. Alan Watt have been able to use this technology against them and so they are definitely ramping up their game. They have blown the economy out and they are doing their best 
to be able to manage the slow deflation and inflation of the economy. Alan, I want to get your take on this because I think that we have seen a lot of positive things over the last few years, especially with the Internet. I think that right now people are more awake than they have ever been. And we have one of the largest opportunities to wake up millions upon millions of people that are potentially uh, very, very – uh, susceptible to not only the propaganda of the Barack Obama administration, but also uh, to the idea of freedom and liberty. And I've seen this this ramp up. I'm sure you have as well. I just want to get your take on what's going on right now and uh, your viewpoint on the New World Order and where they're trying to go here in the next five to ten years. Well, the Internet was put out there to do exactly what it's doing today. This is the thing. Now, the military-industrial complex used Internet for many years all through the Cold War. And Brzezinski, again, in that same book in the 70s, said, uh, between two ages, he says, that shortly a uh, technique of communication will be given to the public. And he outlines its purposes, and etc. But, you see, its real purpose was to get us hooked on it, to comply and voluntarily give out all our data on a continuous basis to those who control us. In a totalitarian society, yet everyone must be predictable. Every citizen must be completely 100% predictable. And therefore, they have all these studies out on what we do and what we write and so on, who we communicate with, what do we have in common with those people around us, on the net, etc. And the hope that they had was eventually, once we're all hooked on it and thinking we can't do without it, then they start to gradually, always gradually, start to reel in those sites that are, that, that are a nuisance to them. And we see it starting off in Australia, uh, where they've kicked off there with their banned list. And sure. if, you, if you're in the banned list, you can get fined $11,000 per day uh, if you enter those particular sites. And they won't put out the list that's banned so far. But you know one thing, once, once they have a list there, regardless of if they bring it in for pedophiles or whatever excuse they give, you know they're going to expand it. That's the, re- the real reason it's never given to the public. And, uh, and suddenly you're on a banned list and then once they shut you down no one can come into your site and they hope that they can bring us through this phase they'll, they'll bring in the mainstream they've already done it with the mainstream they've had big world uh, meetings about bringing the mainstream media to take over the internet and then they'll give us lots of sex and usual stuff until we'll just continue giving it our personal information with emails and all that kind of stuff and at the same time watch the, the trivia they throw at us that's what they really hope to do with the internet. Do you think that they're being successful or that we're able to, uh, we're actually having an effect that they did not foresee? I think, I don't think there's anything they don't foresee. They have massive uh, studies on the go all the time uh, and many different levels of of data collection. Uh, Just look at the RAND Corporation, for instance. The RAND Corporation's job is is literally um, kicking off wars of conquest or, or, or for resources and then finding ways to implement it into the public psychology so that we think it's a good and justifiable war, etc. They're the ones who advise governments uh, on the terrorism, etc., all these laws. It's all rand, rand, rand. They, they went right through the Cold War advising the Western world on how to react, what to, what to look out for, etc. So they don't miss something like, like, like giving freedom to the people for a little while. And they also know the techniques to start roping in that freedom while keeping you addicted to it. Uh, it's up to the public, really, uh, to create one hell of a stink. Now, most of the public uh, really don't care. They're, they're in la-la lands. Um, you know, the amazing thing about the Internet was 
when it first was given to the public, the only thing the media let you know about it was there was lots of porn on it. You just could not pick up a paper for about two years without statements like massive porn on blah, blah, blah. And that was advertising to get everyone into it. And I've been surprised at how many people are completely addicted to the porn on the Internet. They make sure that you keep using it, you see. And now you've got a generation growing up for half their lives, after about 20, uh, they're used to watching porn. And they will miss it if it goes away. Um, so people will stick on the internet they'll stick into the gossip columns uh, and it's becoming more and more like like regular, I call it trash media from Britain, if you look at Yahoo sites uh, it's just like the trash stuff they have the sex on one side and reality on the other so oh, it's sure. horror mixed with fantasy and sex and trivia and Hollywood bimbos uh, until nothing is real anymore that's the technique they're hoping to use keep people stuck to it, keep people addicted to it, as long as they can keep communicating with emails and so on They'll be quite happy, you know. Sure, sure. But I do think that we are making a uh, waking a lot of people up, and that that's a really good thing. Uh, you know, yeah, I've seen. Meantime, yeah, yeah and absolutely. And again, too, uh, um, people should definitely, um, if they're in contact with people sharing information, and you know these people uh, over a long period of time, because uh, it's very difficult to know who you're talking to on the internet. Um, uh, if you do know people you really, really trust. You should have ulterior ways of communication in the future in case they ever start pulling it. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, like ham radios and different things like that. There, I mean, ham radios. A, and yeah. Even the, the old way was letter writing. They, they hate letters. That's why they, they, they love emails. They love emails. They, they collect all the data. In the old days, the British post office and the Canadian post offices and all the Commonwealth countries and the U.S. for the CIA had special post offices set up. And if you were on the list, all your mail was diverted there. They'd open it, read it, copy it put it back in a brand new envelope and had all the stamps of the world they'd stamp it on it and send it on its way that took a lot of manpower and it really really ticked them off but with the email we're helping them so so much it's just astonishing yeah no oh, absolutely yeah they don't have to steam open any uh, envelopes or, yeah. or you know pay for postage they can just go ahead and use a supercomputer to collect that data and use keyword analysis yeah. to to find out what's interesting and what's not well alan i want to thank you for the time we almost we only have a few minutes here uh go ahead and plug uh, your websites your books uh any of the things that you're going to be doing here in the future uh you have the floor yes they can go to cutting website and they can download there's over I think maybe close to 700 hours of talks I've given uh, in the past about this big system that controls us completely controls us and has the previous generations too I try to go into the sciences uh, of how it's done from their own books in fact using their own material to show the public it's not a conspiracy they have published what they wanted to do how they do it and where they want to go with it and uh, they can also look into Alan Watts Sentinel.eu for transcripts uh, of the same talks, and they can print them up in the different languages of Europe, or they can tune into my own show on RBN uh, every five nights a week, where I try to keep up with the, with the main news and pick the relevant topics and show them how it ties in with the whole agenda. And you do a very good job at it, and that's why we love having you on the program, Alan, because, uh, you know, right now we just see this ramp up. Real quickly here, um, what do you see happening in the next year or two uh, with the financial system and, of course, uh, war? Well, remember, the Council on Foreign Relations have a, a, a sort of a, a constitution, you might say, 
and one of their purposes to be set up was to get the world as the people of the world to go into a new system of service to the world state that's in their own writings and remember money is a tool to them they have all the money in the world since they can print it up uh, and uh, just basically add it into computers and dots and dashes and there it is uh, money is a key to, that we must believe in uh, so that we can be controlled you see uh, eventually they'll do away with money and they want to introduce a kind of credit system dished out by government almost like rations to you into an account that you'll have, an electronic account. And uh, Russell and other ones went through this, this process of what they'll bring in. They'll use it for social punishment, withdraw your credits if you don't comply or you're socially antagonistic to their system. And they're uh, doing that through welfare right now in the United yeah. States, getting people yeah. really used to this system. Absolutely. And uh, they always use those who have no voice uh, and they start with fingerprints for welfare, then it spreads into your ID card worldwide. They're bringing in a new system of welfare and uh, testing uh, for drugs, mandatory drugs, drug testing. It will go into the unemployed as well, and that will spread all through society. Uh, so uh, everything starts with those at the bottom, with no voice, or the elderly, or the very young. Uh, Alan, yeah. I want to thank you for your time, man, and uh, we'll have you on uh, as soon as your schedule lets, and uh, I appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate you being on with you. I look forward to it.